0: Good morning. morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us on this day. Please know you're always very welcome here at Trinity Lutheran Church. We have a a lot of joy this day as we have a baptism as you see. Uh, Hudson Jacob safely will be baptized into Christ here momentarily after the beginning of the service and we'll also be welcoming uh, Katie and family in as new members this day. Also that'll be immediately before the prayer of the church. Well, as we've now come to the 14th Sunday after Trinity, we are edging ever closer to the end of this long green season, and soon we'll begin to have the, uh, the first of our festival services as we inch ever closer to Reformation All Saints and then ultimately Advent. So I'll turn your attention at this time to the Focused on Christ section, which is a summary of the readings in today's service that's found on the inside of the back cover of your bulletin. The ten lepers cried out from a distance, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Their condition cut them off from God and others. So also do the works of the flesh cut us off from God and others. Those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, St. Paul says in Galatians 5. Thus we cry out with the lepers, Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, eagerly seeking his good gifts. Jesus said to the lepers, Go and show yourselves to the priests, And as they went, they were cleansed. So too we walk by faith and not by sight, being confident of Jesus' help before we see any evidence of it, trusting that Jesus' cleansing words of forgiveness will restore us to wholeness in the resurrection. Let us be as the one lever who returned to the true high priest to give him thanks and glory. For Jesus bore our infirmities in his sacrifice at Calvary. His words are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. We also will receive the Lord's body and blood in the fellowship of this altar this day so that we do ask in accord with the Lord's word that all those joining us at the altar be members either of this congregation or of a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, as our Lord bids us to be unified in doctrine, not just concerning the supper, but indeed all of Christian teaching when we come to receive his body and blood. Our service this day is Divine Service Setting 3. As it begins on page 184, we now sing the first hymn. O oh Lord, keep your church with your perpetual mercy, and because of our frailty we cannot but fall. Keep us ever by your help from all things hurtful, and lead us to all things profitable for our salvation. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Testament reading for the 14th Sunday after Trinity is from Proverbs chapter 4. Hear my son and accept my words, that, your year, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered, and if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of evil, avoid it, do not go on it, turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness, they do not know over what they stumble. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Galatians chapter 5. But I say, walk by the Spirit. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 17th chapter. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner. And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our sermon text is the gospel lesson this day. Your faith has made you well. These are captivating words for Christians everywhere. However, there is a right way and a wrong way to understand what Jesus says to us. The wrong way is to think that the power for my healing came from within me. That is, my praying or my spirituality somehow caused me to be made well. That is not what the Bible teaches. Nevertheless, that way of thinking is very popular in American Christianity. In fact, you hear it everywhere. Now, here is why that way of thinking is wrong. It misunderstands what faith is. It puts the focus on the Christian rather than the Christ in whom he believes. Such false thinking locates the ability, at least in part, in your doing, that is, in man's doing, rather than in the grace of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, the glory and credit for the healing are given to the Christian rather than to the Christ to whom faith clings. As surprising as this may sound, faith by itself is nothing. It's nothing. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. You see, faith has no power on its own. Faith is not defined by its own qualities, but rather by the qualities of who and what it believes. In other words, true faith relies on and trusts in Christ alone. A brother pastor once gave me this analogy, and I thought it was very helpful, so I'll share it with you this morning. Faith is, well, it's kind of like a glass with nothing in it to drink. If you're thirsty, you can have the fanciest glass in the world, a wine goblet, a beer stein, fine crystal, whatever, but if there's nothing in it, you will still be thirsty. The glass itself has no power to quench your thirst in and of itself. It is not the glass, but what is in the glass that matters. That is how it is with faith. It is not faith itself, but what faith holds to, what it clings to that matters It is the content of your faith, the object of your faith, that is most important. You see, everyone has faith in something. Now, some people, their faith is in science or technology. Some have faith in politicians, political parties, or political ideologies. Other people have faith in a kind of generic God of sorts, but not the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the God of the Bible. Such generic false gods, well, they usually end up bearing a strong resemblance to the person who has faith in them. If the God you worship never disagrees with you, always wants what you want, and supports your every decision or whim, well, that is not the true God of the Bible. Then, of course, there are those who trust in the idols of this world power, fame, money, possessions, mammon, as it is called in the scriptures. But true faith, that is, real faith as it is described and revealed and defined in the Bible is directed to Jesus Christ, who is with the Father and the Holy Spirit, the one true God. So then, there is true faith and there is false faith. Now, going ahead with this clearer understanding, let's take a closer look at Jesus and the leper today in the gospel lesson. When our Lord said, your faith has made you well, he was not saying that the leper had somehow conjured up this thing called faith within himself that made him a recipient of this gift of God. No. Instead, Jesus was saying that by God's word and spirit, this leper was brought. Note the passive language, was brought to faith in Christ. In other words, by the working of the Holy Spirit through the word, this man trusted in Christ. It is Christ alone who could bring the man true healing of body and soul, cleansing for his flesh and cleansing also for his soul. Jesus was saying to this leper, I alone have the power to save, not just from the bodily ailments of this world, but even from eternal death and damnation. By the grace of your heavenly father, you have trusted me. For this reason, you've been made well. You know, it's... a curious thing in the Gospels that Jesus is often attributing faith to the things which he has done and is doing. Again, this is because the power of faith comes from the one to whom faith trusts or clings to. Taking this thought a little further, faith is not merely a general belief that God exists, right? As many who rarely set foot inside a church delude themselves into thinking. As the Apostle James says, even the demons believe and shudder True faith actively and specifically desires Jesus Christ. True faith trusts in Christ and all he has accomplished for sinners by his death and resurrection. It follows, then, that true faith constantly seeks Christ where he has promised to be found in his word, in baptism, in his holy absolution, and in his holy supper. Faith calls upon Christ in time of need, trusting and knowing that he hears and that he will answer Faith looks to the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for all good things. As we look to the lepers in the gospel lesson, we see a good example of this. Now, the lepers, they stood at a distance because they knew of their uncleanness. Leviticus chapters 13 and 14 detail all the regulations regarding lepers for Israel. Nevertheless, these ten afflicted people were bold to cry out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. You also, dear saints, should be bold to do the same. The lepers were confident that Jesus could and would heal them. They did not falter. They did not hesitate. They cried out in faith. Their trust was in Christ. And that's the point. The main lesson of this gospel account is that we should, in faith, commend ourselves to God and to his keeping for everything. We should never doubt or waver, but instead confess, For the sake of Christ, I know God will give me all I need. Even if he doesn't do it in the way that I want or when I want him to, he'll do it in his own way and in his own timing. and That is all the better. We're taught to pray this way in the catechism in Luther's morning and evening prayers. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Knowing this, it should not surprise us that the wavering, unbelieving heart cannot expect anything. The one who does not believe and is not convinced of the goodness, love, and mercy of Christ will not receive from Christ his forgiveness, eternal life, or salvation. So it is that true faith saves and unbelief condemns. To make this point clearer, let's return to that example of the glass that I brought up a few minutes ago. If you refuse to hold the glass still, but you're just waving it back and forth all the time, well then, nothing can be poured into it. That's the way it is with a heart that wavers with and in unbelief. However, if you do not waver, but you wait and you patiently endure, God loves to give and bestow his gracious and merciful gifts to such faith, as we see with these ten lepers today. They waited patiently, and they did not doubt that Jesus would help them. Faith clings to the promises of God's word alone. Think back to the Syrophoenician woman. Jesus called her a dog. All she had to hold on to was the bare promise of God's word, and she did. Yes, Lord. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And Jesus gave her such a great commendation. "No oh, woman, great is your faith. So also we see with Jacob in the Old Testament as he wrestled with God. I will not let you go unless you bless me. Everything outside of him, literally the Son of God, before we knew him as the Son of God, wrestling with him on the fords of the Jabbok, said, God is against me. But he knew the promises of God, and he clung to that word. And so faith clings to the word made flesh, Jesus Christ, and all he's accomplished for us. Dear saints, we should take careful note of the example set for us by the lepers in the gospel lesson today. God grant that we too would learn to trust his goodness completely. Our hearts never faltering, but patiently expecting what we pray for. Whatever blessing it may be, temporal or spiritual, We ask for these because of our Heavenly Father. He loves to pour out His blessings on all those who trust in Him. And yet, as you know, well, our Lord, He sometimes makes us wait, doesn't He? That's how it is, or how it was, rather, with the lepers. Jesus didn't heal them on the spot, and we shouldn't miss that detail because it's important and it is instructive. Instead, Jesus told them to go and show themselves to the priests, These were the ones who were given the task and responsibility of declaring the unclean clean again. And so it was that Jesus sent the lepers away with no apparent healing, no apparent change to their suffering, to their shame. But St. Luke tells us, as they went, they were cleansed. They went to the priests clinging in faith to the words of Jesus, and they were healed. And that, dear children of God, is exactly how it is for us. In our need, we cry out to Jesus, Lord, have mercy upon us. And he speaks back to us his word of life and salvation. With regard to our sin, he says, you are forgiven. Of our physical health, he says, you are healed because death cannot harm you. I will raise you on the last day and you shall be glorified as I am. Of all the struggles and difficulties that we face in life, he says, I have delivered you from them all. And yet, by all outward appearances, it may seem as though not much has changed. We still find ourselves facing the same ups and downs, bearing the same crosses in this life, but as he did with the lepers, so he does with us. He sends us on our way. And so we keep walking down the narrow road that leads to eternal life, clinging to and trusting in the word and promises of Jesus. See, we trust God's promises even without visible evidence. We walk by faith and not by sight. You see, folks, here's the beautiful truth. In the end, all of his words will be shown to be faithful and true. As St. Paul said to the Thessalonian Christians, He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Or as God spoke to the prophet Isaiah, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I propose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Forgive me. He says, it shall accomplish that which I purpose, not just propose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. What we learn is that the word of God does what it says does now bringing it back to the gospel lesson before us this morning we know that jesus words delivered his gifts of forgiveness life and salvation because of where he was headed he was journeying to jerusalem which was the same place he sent the lepers jesus was going there to be our great high priest the lepers they went there for a new lease on life and jesus well he was going there to give up his life See, the whole purpose of Christ's incarnation and coming to this fallen world was to go to Jerusalem to make the sacrifice that was necessary for our salvation. He came and did what was necessary to set us free from sin, suffering, death, and hell. The full burden of this fallen world was laid upon the Lamb of God, and he carried that awful load to the cross where it perished in his death, left dead and buried in the tomb from which he rose in triumphant victory. Now, through faith in Christ, you have all things. Through Christ Jesus, you have healing in the midst of sickness, strength in the midst of your weakness, victory in the midst of things which utterly overwhelm, and even life in the midst of death. Now, lastly, we must note the fact that only one leper out of the ten returned to give thanks to Jesus. I mean, this is usually where so much of the focus on this text is, right? Well, in this, we learn that we must be careful to not ignore this Holy Spirit-given faith when things are good. We must guard our hearts and minds against forgetting our Lord, of thinking that, or thinking that we no longer need him just because things are going well at the moment. Dear saints, let us instead be like that Samaritan leper whose gratitude for the gift given moved him to give thanks to the giver of that gift, Jesus. For it was at the feet of the great high priest himself that this healed man knelt and worshipped in praise, and in thanksgiving. Let us be full of a true and steady faith, receiving his gifts as those who need them most. As Luther was credited to saying, we are beggars. This is true. And then let us receive those gifts, all the while praising and giving thanks to our gracious Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ our Lord. After all, all good things. a gift from God. And so in closing, hear and receive those words of Jesus that he spoke to the cleansed leper as being spoke to you this day. Your faith has made you well. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, keep and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. By the atoning death of Christ, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. In thanksgiving for His gifts of forgiveness, life, and salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the church and her ministers to give all pastors courage to embrace gladly the crosses of their office, and to aid all Christians in bearing the reproach of the world, the attacks of Satan, and the temptations of the flesh, and the confidence of Christ's redemption, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the church, which is the family of God, that she may be a home filled with sisters and brothers to care for one another, a refuge for the weary, a companion for the lonely, a safe place for those who are afraid, and a help to us in every burden. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Joseph... Michael, and all who make, execute, and judge our laws, that their eyes may be turned toward the Lord, and that they would receive wisdom and strength to faithfully carry out their duties. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the sick and needy, including Ron Lyon, Bob Rash, Chuck Lichty, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, that as Christ showed mercy to the lepers, so he would also turn their sickness to health. their troubles to joy. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who mourn, especially the family of Ron Gibson, that they would rest in the perpetual mercy and promises of Christ our Savior, whose steadfast love never ceases. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who receive the body and blood of Jesus and the salutary gift of the Lord's Supper, that they would receive his blessing of forgiveness and praise his name with thankful hearts. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For Hudson, Jacob, and all the baptized, called to be the Father's own possession, that our lives may bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit according to the image of Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Mighty God, you have done great things for us, most of all delivering us from death to life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Mercifully hear our prayers and answer them according to your will for the sake of your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Amen. Well, once again, good morning and welcome on this uh, early fall day that we have here. Just a handful of announcements before we continue. Of course, Sunday school and Bible study immediately following the service. It may be a little bit shortened this day, of course. And then as we look forward to Wednesday, uh, 3.30, our midweek school workout class at 6 and uh, 7 o'clock will be the Trinity Choir practice. Typically, uh, the Esther Bible study would be tomorrow at 1.30. That's been moved to the next Monday. At 1:30. I have a continuing education conference this month that I actually leave for uh, today and I'll be back in the office on Wednesday. Also note that Orphan Grain Train will be meeting this Thursday um, at, uh, at 8 a.m. And so all volunteers are welcomed and appreciated. If you can lend a hand, they'd sure appreciate it. It's a, a wonderful work there. And then also a special note from the Trinity Lutheran Women's Board, a word of thank you uh, to all those who either helped or came to enjoy the fellowship of the Oktoberfest this past Sunday. I think we had something like 130 people here. Thanks be to God. Well, if you were a part of the planning, preparation for the food, decorations, setting up, tearing down tables, whatever it may have been, Uh, Thank you so very much. It was a tremendous amount of work, and it could not have been a success without everyone's participation. And so I join my thanks to the board of the Trinity Lutheran Women. It was a wonderful, uh, wonderful occasion. Uh, Please also note that St. Michael and All Angels evening prayer that's coming up Thursday, September 29th. So not this coming Thursday, but a week from then at 6 p.m. and Men's Theology on Tap will follow that at 7 p.m. then in the Parsonage. Uh, And then also there's the note about the uh, continuing education conference. Uh, Well, thanks be to God for the baptism of Hudson. We welcome Katie and family to the uh, congregation. Uh, God's peace be with you as you go through your week. I'll greet you at the door.